Well, I'm pretty darn sure this is what you might call an old-fashioned showdown. That's what you're going to see, ladies and gentlemen, in just a short time. We've got a big thing going on. It's Fox News versus Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson. Who do you think's on the winning end of that? Who are you watching? I know who I'm watching. Great to see all of you. Actually, I watch it all. I have to. I have to. I have to report back. We got a packed show tonight, but already, uh, I just want to show you a glimpse of what is about to come. Here we go. This is Tucker Carlson having released a little bit of the interview that's going to be airing just in a, about an hour from now. Why aren't you at the Fox News debate tonight in Milwaukee? Well, you know, a lot of people have been asking me that. When you say there are people on stage who shouldn't be running for president, who do you mean? Whatever happened to Mike Pence? He's out there attacking you. What is that? Do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? Do you think we're moving towards civil war? Good to have you at Bedminster. It's very nice. I love it. You're saying they stole it from you last time. Why wouldn't they do the same this time? Oh, well, they'll try. They're going to be trying. Mitch McConnell was trying to get senators to impeach me. Crooked Joe Biden is so bad. We're going to get to more of that in just a second. But that is, ladies and gentlemen, what you might call a promo, right? Welcome to the program. I am Trish Regan. Portions of the show brought to you by LegacyPMInvestments.com. Make sure if you're worried about inflation, if you want to diversify your portfolio, you give my friends over there a ring. one 589 They will take good care of you. Anyway, like I said, this is a big showdown. It's been brewing. It's been brewing. It's been brewing. And I got to tell you, um, look, I've, I've, anchored debates, two of them, in fact, Republican presidential debates for Fox, Fox Business. And going into a night like tonight, there's a lot of adrenaline, there's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of pressure on those executives there at Fox. Look, Rupert Murdoch runs a a tight ship, and the expectation is that they're going to deliver on ratings. They have advertisers that expect that they're going to deliver on the ratings. So lo and behold, what do you know? You're having a GOP debate, and yet you don't have the leader of the GOP there. Oh. Gosh darn it, that's not going to work out so well. And and not only is he not going to be there, he's going to be with the guy that used to work there. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, this is the beauty of it. Here I am, live talking to you on this live show. Great to see so many familiar faces and a few new ones as well. Welcome, Mary, Jackie, Micah. Great to have you all here. Listen, this is the reality of the new world. And I think it's very good for you and me. It's very good for hopefully the truth. Finding a way to get out because networks do not matter anymore. With any luck, political parties won't either because you'll be able to go straight to the people. This is what Tucker's doing tonight. This is what Donald Trump is doing tonight. This is what I am doing tonight. By the way, if you haven't subscribed, do me that favor. Make sure you do. Follow the show as well on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. But this is really symbolic of a whole lot of things. And it's crazy. So like I said, I've, I've anchored these things. I know how much is riding on this. I know how upset Fox executives are that they don't have Donald Trump there. But why would he go? I mean, think about it. Why would you go? I mean, you know you're just the punching bag. You know everybody wants to take you out. You know that the guy who runs the network and is the main shareholder, Rupert Murdoch, didn't even want you to win. And basically has done a lot to try and undermine you. And then when he realized that ratings were sinking and sinking fast... He suddenly scrambled and tried to put in place something that that seemed as though it was Trump-friendly. But I think we all know the truth, right? We we do. And it's like, fool me once, you know, fool me twice, it's on me. And I, I think the viewer has been fooled a few too many times by Fox News, by Fox Business, and consequently, consequently, 
they're going to be over watching Tucker Carlson tonight. It's just the reality of what's going to happen. And by the way, what are the media outlets going to cover? They're going to cover Trump on Tucker Carlson because, hello, hello, Donald Trump is the front runner. Like nobody's coming close. He doesn't even have to do a debate, right? I mean, poor Ron DeSantis. I, I marked that one from the beginning, remember? It, he's getting eaten up by Vivek Ramaswamy. And so they're all going to try and attack Vivek tonight because they want all that coalition around DeSantis, but I'm telling you, DeSantis is not going to be able to do it. It's become such a circus that Fox is now trying to say they're not going to let Kimberly Guilfoyle, who used to work there, was a colleague of mine, and Don Jr., whom she's engaged to, even go, even do their little live show from there. Kimberly went on Newsmax and had a few things to say, including, hey, you're not going to keep us away. Trust me, you are not going to keep Kimberly away. Certainly not Don Jr. either. Here we go. Okay, wow, that didn't work. (laughs) Well, we'll try that again in a bit. But anyway, Kimberly Guilfoyle going on to Newsmax and saying, you know what, we are going to be there and just try and keep us out. So it's this giant showdown. And look, they've been enlisting all kinds of support. You've seen a Wall Street Journal article, an op-ed saying Donald Trump ought to be there. He ought to be able to answer these questions. You've seen a lot of hosts send out some kind of taunting tweets on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, I just like saying that, <laughs> reminds me of Prince. Anyway, so consequently, right, you have all of these talent now and sort of this pressure, you get the Wall Street Journal editorial, and you've got none other than Carl Rove. Listen, if Carl Rove tells me to go, I'm not going. I think you need to do the opposite. But uh, this is a winner here. Carl trying to put some pressure on. He admitted, he admitted that, that Donald Trump would be a punching bag. But then hear how he turns it. Listen. Carl, if you were Donald Trump, would you show up at that debate in Milwaukee next Wednesday? I would, even though there, there, there's, you know, look, there are dangers. I mean, he will be, you know, he, if he shows up, he will be attacked by everybody uh, in one way, shape or form. Some of them will be uh, hard and direct. Uh, Chris Christie, some of them will be, you know, glancing blows. Uh, some will be trying to move around him. But but I'd show up if I were him, because this is this is where you get to demonstrate I am the leader and I will remain the leader. If he doesn't show up, there are going to be people who say to themselves, well, you know, didn't he tell us, didn't he mock Joe Biden for not debating? And hasn't he said he's the world's greatest debater? And maybe there's something that that he doesn't want to want to talk about. And doubts will begin to grow. Doubts are growing. We've now got, depending on what poll you look at, a plurality or a majority of Republicans who say that if he's convicted of something in one of these federal suits and one of these four lawsuits, uh, for indictments, excuse me, they, they're not going to vote for him. So he's got to find ways to assuage those con- growing concerns. And the best way to do it is to show up on August August 23rd and September 27th. <laughs> like I said uh, just the other day, how, how much do they pay you, Carl, to, to say that stuff? Look, they, they want to push him to be there. He's not going to be there. He taped an interview with Tucker. Tucker's already promoting it. And um, what's really weird And this is once again showing you this massive sort of sea in between network and individual content creators. What's incredible is that Fox News is apparently not going to allow people to really use too many clips. Any media covering tonight's debate, they're only allowed to post up to three minutes total of the entire footage. That's from Fox. So you're not allowed to post the debate. You're going to have to either tune in live or forget about it. And they're going to post it on their platforms. If you're a media journalist like myself, you see I just ran that little clip 
Maybe I'm going to get in trouble with Fox for doing so. You're only allowed to run three minutes. So that would be, you know, maybe a couple of sound bites. I mean, it's really pretty nuts because normally there's something called fair use in the media industry where you're allowed, especially during a debate, to run those clips. They're not going to allow it. So I guess the idea here is we're going to just, you know, shut everyone out. We're going to hoard this to ourselves. In contrast is Tucker Carlson, who has been allowing everybody to upload his entire shows on Twitter for free. Okay, so so someone could take that show. I could post that entire show here on this this platform, and that's all allowed. So he's going to allow the whole interview. Fox is like, you get three minutes, three minutes only. You better pick a good three minutes, right? I mean, this is petty. This is ridiculous. But this is what happens when you are a network in decline. And you know what? I don't mean to pick on Fox. I mean, people are like, well, you know, you have a little bit of bias there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe I have a little bias, right? You know, when you get thrown out for speaking your mind and, you know, are told you, you can and should speak your mind, but really, apparently you can't. Yeah, you know, maybe I got a little bias. I, I'm proud of that. I own it. I wear it. And you know what? I guarantee you, Tucker has a little bit of bias too. And, and it's kind of just coming out full circle now to play against Fox. And so Fox, yes, I'm picking on them because they're in the news right now, but this is not this is not exclusive to them. I mean, think about it. Any cable network right now, any legacy media outlet, like they're struggling because as Bob Iger told us recently when he was out in Sun Valley hanging out with all the media, cool kids, he told David Faber from CNBC that he was looking to sell ABC News and other legacy TV properties. Why? Oh, Because they are not the future, because streaming is the future. And guess what else? If you really think about it, it has nothing to do with the size of the network and everything to do with the content and the content creators themselves. That's what matters. And you as individuals have been empowered. I've been empowered. We can talk together in new ways that legacy media just simply can't. And so, you know, they're digging in their heels and they're mad and they frankly do not have a very good management team. So they don't know how to navigate their way through this. And so the answer is, ha ha, to heck with you. You can only get three minutes of my show while Tucker is going to make sure that everybody can put it everywhere. And guess what? They will. They will. So I know that, that the game hasn't even started. We get another, what, 50 minutes or so. But this is already won, and it's being won by, frankly, individuals, content creators, and politicians themselves. I mean, heck, if you really think this one out, who needs a network? Who even needs a political party? I mean, if you're the person that the people want, then by all means, you're going to go and do it. You know, Oliver Anthony, the, the singer that has just exploded and blown away records, debut records for the Beatles or for Elvis. We're going to play a little clip. I'm, I want to end the show on him because I just I get goosebumps every time I hear his music. He's proven that you don't need a giant record label behind you. You can go direct to the people. And if your product is good quality, if your product is something that people want to hear, if your music, like in the case of him, Oliver Anthony, is something that people want to listen to, then guess what they will. Same with that Target song, remember? I got a Target on my back, <laughs> quite literally. Anyway, you know what's going to happen. They're going to say, oh, you know, it's just a fluff piece. Tucker, he can't ask the questions like like Brett Bear and the other one, um, uh, Martha, Ken. He, he can't do, you know, it, it's good. Let me just tell you again, I've been there, I've been in the room 
I crafted all my questions, but gosh almighty, every single one of them. And by the way, some other anchors questions as well, just because, you know, I'm charitable and I like controlling the questions. Anyway, I wrote all the questions, but there was like a whole committee that was there looking at the questions, talking about the questions. These questions were written so precisely. And so the problem, I would say, with the argument that Tucker's going to give him a fluff interview and Brett and Martha are going to be real, real, you know, strong interviewers. Well, no, they're not. Everything's in a prompter. They're going to be reading questions that have been gone over and over and over and over. Hopefully they're you know, quick enough on their feet to respond. But these things are so orchestrated, right? The RNC's in there saying, okay, well, this person gets 30 seconds here and you get a rebuttal here. It's all orchestrated. We even had like lights, red, yellow, and green to help them know when their time was up. They only get so much time and we were trying to do it politely and not have to cut them off. So they get the yellow light and then they get the red and they had to know to stop. I mean, again, it is all contrived. Whereas I have a feeling, granted it's edited, but I have a feeling that the Tuckers is not going to be so contrived. And already, let's go back to the promo. You see that they are covering a lot of different ground here. I'm going to play the entire thing for you. Let's take a look. Why aren't you at the Fox News debate tonight in Milwaukee? Well, you know, a lot of people have been asking me that. When you say there are people on stage who shouldn't be running for president, who do you mean? Whatever happened to Mike Pence? He's out there attacking you. What is that? Do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? Do you think we're moving towards civil war? It's good to have you at Bedminster. It's very nice. I love it. You're saying they stole it from you last time. Why wouldn't they do the same this time? Oh, well, they'll try. They're going to be trying. Mitch McConnell was trying to get senators to impeach me. Crooked Joe Biden is so bad. He's the worst president in the history of our country. I don't think he's going to make it to the gate, but, you know, you never know. It started with protests against you, Minute moved to impeachment twice, right. and now indictment. Are you worried that they're going to try and kill you? Why wouldn't they try and kill you, honestly? They're savage animals. They are people that are sick. So do you think it's possible that there's open conflict? I, I can say this. There's a level of passion that I've never seen. There's a level of hatred that I've never seen, and there's probably a Bad combination. We're doing this interview, but we'll get bigger ratings using. Oh, how did we miss the end of that? You know what? We're going to go back. Why are you at the Fox We're going to go back, guys. That's, this is well, how you, you know, know it is live. Asking me Let's that. go back to the very end because he promised some ratings there. Let's You're listen. using then probably the debate. We're doing this interview, but we'll get bigger ratings using this crazy forum that you're using than probably the debate. <laughs> I, I bet. I bet they will. I really do bet they will. And you know what? Ratings are important to Donald Trump. He loves ratings. And he also likes substance. And I have a feeling they're going to have a substantive conversation in a way that you just couldn't possibly have on that debate stage. And I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, the fact that he asked him, do you ever worry you know, somebody's going to knock you off? I mean, that's, that's kind of like this no-go territory that you don't really want to ask somebody. Um, but he's asking, and he's going to ask a lot more. Donald Trump, as I said, he, he does notice ratings, and he even kind of tried to throw it back in Brett Baer, who's going to be hosting tonight, anchoring that debate, in his face pretty recently. A couple months ago, they sat down. Brett finally got his interview with Trump. And, uh, well, this happened. Watch. I have the best polls I've ever had. 
People see this stuff for what it is. It's a political witch hunt. It's a continuation. More independent voters watch Fox News than any other TV source. A lot less than used to watch it. They do watch. Those voters usually usually make up. Oh, gosh. You know what? That was like the best moment in the whole thing. I was actually surprised they ran it. I was sort of surprised they ran it. It's true, a lot less. And you know what? There's more competition, and there's more competition, including from sources like this and Twitter, where they will be in just a short time. You know, it's pretty classic because Tucker's running at 8.55 Eastern Time. Fox is on at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So good luck, Fox. Uh, those, Those executives, I Guarantee. I mean, it's just, it's sort of funny to me and and maybe I'm too close to it. Right. So I kind of uh, am getting my own little kick out of it. Uh, As for the country, you know, people are like, well, shouldn't he be debating? It's like, guys, he, he will win that debate. He's won every other debate. And yes, we should be asking him a lot of questions, but I don't know if you need to do it in that forum because I don't think anybody really there is quite up to the task Perhaps with the exception of Vivek, just because I think the guy's actually seriously smart and probably a very, very good debater. But the rest of them, I mean, even even DeSantis with all his Harvard and Yale degrees has not struck me as the smartest bulb uh, or the brightest. <laughs> I think that's the expression bulb in the room. But uh, there's a lot at stake right now. I, I'm a little bit later in the show going to tell you what I would be asking about because, you know, it would be a lot on the economic stuff. It would be a lot on sort of this this Ukraine issue which is the elephant in the room. And Fox is going to have to be very careful on this because they have a very decided position. And I look at it just purely from an economic standpoint. I question the amount of money that's being spent, given that we are now spending, oh, just about as much as we spent 20 years in Afghanistan. I mean, that's a lot of money, right? And then you get the Hunter thing thrown in, further complicating it. I do believe that at some point, at some point, the president is going to have to take to the stage and deal with those very real questions because it doesn't look good. It certainly doesn't. The financial records I have been through thus far, courtesy of Comer, by the way, hats off to him for getting those records from Treasury. I mean, 170 SARS, suspicious activity reports, who has those? And yet there's this like, we have to, we have to help Ukraine. We have to help Ukraine. I'm not debating Ukraine right now. Uh, by the way, Prigovin, he was the Wagner group leader He is apparently dead. That news came out today. He died in a plane crash. Apparently everybody on board died. And it doesn't necessarily surprise me because you've seen a lot of people that were not doing what Putin wanted suddenly die. Um, A couple generals have died recently and uh, under mysterious circumstances. And you kind of knew it was game over for the head of the Wagner group because he tried to launch a coup against Vladimir Putin, and, and that really wasn't going to fly. I was kind of shocked he was able to go live off and never, never land because, you know, that's one that I, I didn't think Putin was going to. And, and look, they, they operate in, in any, I mean, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. By the way, that guy was a pretty horrible guy, the Wagner Group's leader, because he committed some atrocities in Aleppo in Syria that are just beyond anything you could even imagine. He did so at the at the request of Vladimir Putin. Anyway, so so he's gone, but these things are going to come up and I suspect that Tucker is going to be pretty direct in his questioning and there's a chance he could very easily rattle Donald Trump. I mean, he certainly rattled Pence the other day, right? Who can forget this? And by the way, this is the this is the sort of status quo view, right? You have to be pro 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 Ukraine. 
I just say, like, why can't you be pro-Ukraine and, like, actually exercise a little bit of financial restraint? Because this is kind of crazy, and we do we do actually have problems here, guys. But this was that sort of infamous soundbite that, unfortunately, from Mike Pence may have destroyed his political future. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. Have you – I know you're running for president. You are, distra- you. You are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse – over the past three years. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. (laughs) Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. (laughs) Oh, boy, oh, boy. Oops, we've got Rudy Giuliani. You got his mugshot today. You see that on screen right now. We're going to get to that in just a second. But before we do, you heard what Pence said, right? And it's... I don't think he meant it the way it came out. I really, I can't imagine he meant it that way. I mean, he, he did care and he does care about the American people. But that's what I'm saying. Like Tucker's actually a pretty good interviewer because he totally flustered the guy. And he, he lost all track of sort of what he was saying and what he meant to say. Because you certainly wouldn't say, I don't care about the American people for goodness sakes. For gosh sakes, you're running for president of the United States, mister. You were vice president of the United States. But this is why I, I do think that tonight's show is going to be especially interesting. And I think there's one that's going to be way more interesting than the other with their programmed questions and the rules from the RNC, this, that, and the other. Anyway, I did show you there that unfortunate mugshot of Rudy Giuliani. And this is, this is just one of, of more to come because the former president of the United States is going to be turning himself in tomorrow in Fulton County, Georgia, and it's just surreal. I'm like, what? what is going on in this country? Like, we really have descended into a kind of banana republic state that I predicted was coming. I predicted back in August of 2020 when Hillary Clinton said that Joe Biden needed to hang on and not concede no matter what. I knew we were going in a really bad direction. Anyway, here's Rudy Giuliani speaking today. I want you to listen. And I want you to remember... Actually, when New York actually was like Disneyland or Disney World, which, by the way, Disney World is more like New York City these days. I I mean that in a positive way. Disney World isn't so great anymore. But anyway, here's Giuliani. To Georgia, and I'm feeling very, very good about it because I feel like I'm defending the rights of all Americans, as I did so many times as a United States attorney. People, People like to say I'm different. I'm the same Rudy Giuliani that took down the mafia, that made New York City the safest city in America, reduced crime more than any mayor in the history of any city, anywhere, and I'm fighting for justice. I have been from the first moment. I represented Donald Trump, and it is a man who has now been proven innocent several times. I don't know how many times he has to be proven innocent, and they have to be proven to be liars, actually enemies of our republic who are destroying rights, sacred rights. They're destroying my right to counsel, my right to be a lawyer. They're destroying his right to counsel. It's not accidental that they've indicted all his lawyers. Never heard of that before in America. Yeah, that, that's where we are right now. 
I mean, it's, it's, this is a big question, right? It, your lawyer gives you some advice, but you follow the advice and now you're being criminally indicted. At some point, guys, I'm 91 counts. That's how many counts. You add them up. You get two federal cases. You get two state cases. And you're dealing with a total of 91 counts. And one of the counts happens to be that he retweeted, the president retweeted an OAN tweet. I mean, at some point, you just start to lose the American people because you exhaust us. If one of the counts is a, is a darn retweet, then what, how are we supposed to interpret the rest of them, really and truly? And Alan Dershowitz, Professor Dershowitz there, a law professor at Harvard, has made a very, very good point. He actually had an article in the Daily Mail the other day saying, look, I did my job, right? I, I was working for the Democrat Party at that point back in the, 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 the infamous situation with Bush and Gore, and I, I was looking for hanging chads in Florida. Was it not something that I was able to do? I, I believed that maybe we had these votes there, and I went and I advised my client, then Al Gore and, and everybody else, to go and look for these votes. That ought to be something that if you believe you, it was a close election there in Georgia that you, you had a chance to do, not to mention the, those delegates now that are being indicted. When, by the way, this is something the Democrats came up with. I believe it was in Kennedy-Nixon, like back in the 60s. They put it first in Hawaii. They had to have like an alternate list of delegates. So if you were told, I'm on the alternate list, and your lawyer says, here you go, you're on the alternate list, and you sign it, now you're criminally indicted? I mean, this is getting kind of crazy, really seriously crazy. And so my friend Dan Bongino, you know Dan, right? Uh, another one, no longer at Fox. I mean, we, we, we're like the little outcasts over here. He's got a great idea. I, mean, I, I don't, well, I should be careful saying it's great. It's a wild idea, and he admits it's a totally crazy idea. But it's innovative, it's different. And as Donald Trump goes to turn himself in tomorrow, you know, there's a $200,000 bail that he has to pay. And they're going to do the mugshot and everything because Fannie Willis wants to get her day in the sun. Anyway, here's what Dan thinks the former president of the United States of America ought to do. What, what do you think? I'd be curious. You can, you, can, you can put a note in the comments below if you're watching this live. Let me know there. Yeah, you guys like Bongino. I see that. I do too. He's a great guy, by the way. Just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful guy. Here we go. I don't think he should post. Folks, I say that because it's about to get crazy. Anyone telling you that, no, what, they're not going to do this or things are going to calm down or we've reached peak nuts, you are grossly mistaken. If we don't do something big and bold soon, we are going to be left in a real dilemma soon. I'll explain. Yeah. So he wants something big and bold. And he said the, the reason we need to do this is because we got to sort of show them how insane this all is. And it really is totally insane. One of the points that Dan also makes is that, look, Secret Service, they're in charge. They can go into that prison then, and it becomes sort of a federal space, and they have the right to lock it down and secure it. So he's like, I think clear it out. Could be kind of a nice prison for them. Let them run for, for prison, from prison. And, and let's show this Fannie Willis and these nuts on the left just how nutty they really are. By the way, you want to talk about a great way to rally the American people? The mugshot itself? Again, like thinking about these 91 counts, one of which is you're retweeted. I mean, it is honestly bizarre. Bizarre. In the meantime, the guy who actually is the president of the United States, who may have 
it is alleged, had something to do with his son suddenly becoming very, very successful and earning millions of dollars from the likes of Romania, Ukraine, and China once Pops became vice president of the United States, and then, by the way, didn't even pay taxes on it, not to mention the gun charge, etc. Wow. Well, this guy is falling asleep in Maui after it took him how long? Oh, the people in Maui will tell you. This clip came out. Thirteen wow, days, you hear them here. saying. Here he comes after thirteen days. Oh wow, yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing. Okay. And then there's a, a lot of this, a lot of this, a lot of this. I hope it's all bleeped out. I'm sorry if there's any kids watching, but you get the point, right? And it goes on. They they, they have a definite, definite viewpoint on that. He does not have a lot of fans right now in Maui. And by the way, in Hawaii, he ought to. He ought to, right? It's a pretty, like, liberal place. I mean, this is where Obama was from. It's, it's a liberal place. You know how liberal it is. For goodness sakes, the guy who controlled the darn water supply was so liberal and so concerned with water equity that he didn't even release the lousy water thereby leading to these deaths, leading to this destruction. It's just really, really disgusting, and it makes me very angry. And I'm telling you, that's what communism is all about. It it really does lead to death and destruction because you have really moronic individuals thinking about these grand thoughts instead of the reality of, oh, one, we ought to clear the brush in the forest. We ought to have controlled fires in our forest so that we can deal with this. And two, by the way, when something like this happens, yeah, we release the water. Anyway, Joe Biden finally, after 13 days, goes down there, gets very, very poorly received, as you can see, did at one point seem to be nodding off as the officials were talking. But then when it was, it was his turn to talk, to speak, he got up there and he gave a story. This is like, it's, he started talking about his darn Corvette again. Oh, yeah, that's a great way to win friends and influence people. I mean, at least when Donald Trump talked about his wealth, you knew that he actually had built a business, etc. When, when Biden talks about it, you're like, oh, wait, how'd you get that? You know, 50 years in government, how did you get that? Oh, must have been Hunter's doing. Must have been, right? Anyway, he, he starts talking about how there was this awful fire and, uh, well, Unfortunately, this is what you call a tall tale. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, (laughs) and my cat. Yeah. Yeah, that's 67 Corvette, gee. Your cat... Um, it, it turns out, according to the AP, and I'm going to share with you this 2004 AP report, that it was, quote, a small fire contained to the kitchen that was under control in 20 minutes. So, so that's what he leads with? That's what he, he, we have now upwards of 110 deaths in Maui, and it, it just such utter destruction. And, and that's where he goes, not to mention the money that it's going to take to repair 
all of those lives and buildings and livelihoods in Maui because one guy thought it would be more equitable to not allow the water to go out, for goodness sakes. It's going to take some $6 billion, they're estimating. So what do you know? Biden has a grand idea. Let's, let's tie it to the Ukraine funding. Like, that makes any sense. He wants some $24.1 billion that we can put towards Ukraine. And we're going we're gonna to have a bill and, and put disaster relief funding for Maui and for Florida and even, you know, some stuff in California. That's going to be tied to this Ukraine bill? It doesn't even make sense. It's wrong. And you just have to ask yourself, and it's the reason why I want to get to the bottom of just exactly what was going on from a financial perspective. We're going to get back to the debate. If you're just joining us right now, we are live here, live on YouTube, live on Facebook. Great to see so many of you. Really wonderful to have you all here and have this direct connection. I encourage you, if you haven't subscribed, do me that favor. Subscribe, subscribe. It's really important. We're talking about the importance of individuals being able to reach all of you directly. Something that Tucker is going to do with Donald Trump tonight. And he's going to let it be out there for everybody to see and everybody to clip and everybody. We're going to have a reaction tomorrow, of course, on the show. And yet Fox is only going to allow people to have three minutes. So basically you get two clips or one long clip and that's it. No more than that. I mean, it's just really, uh, it's symptomatic of everything that's going on, everything that's going on. I mean, we're living in a crazy world, a crazy world in which, you know, you, you have transgenders promoting Bud Light and Bud Light drinkers reacting with the kind of reaction that you would think that you would think would happen. I've got some news I want to share with you on Bud Light. It is not good news for Bud Light. More bad news coming its way. More bad news after, well, a whole lot of bad news. They've been trying to fix everything you see with little commercials like this. That didn't really kind of hit home for people. They have had some Clydesdale commercials and the Clydesdale commercials. I would say they're nice commercials. They had commercials with country music. They're trying everything they can. Trying everything to prove to everyone, oh, we really are just still the same old Bud Light we always were, except that, you know what, you're not. We know you're not. For goodness sakes, you're you're not even an American company anymore. You're headquartered in Belgium or somewhere over there in Europe. You were bought by that conglomerate out of Brazil. This is AB InBev, okay? This is a giant conglomerate. This is not the Bud Light or the Anheuser-Busch that you knew. And that you may have loved. And so they've got these commercials. They want to show they're just a bunch of regular old people. You have fun. You drink a beer. You drink a Bud Light. Well, nobody's drinking it. Nobody's buying it. And consequently, the bad news I want to share with you is that Modelo has just taken over as the number one beer of the year. You know, we've been reporting on the quarter or the month. Well, now they've blown it out for the year. Okay, so take that Bud Light. It's owned by Constellation, which is an American company. And... um it's it's pretty obvious why nobody wants to drink Bud Light. And by the way, it's both sides of the aisle, right? Because if you're somebody who thought they should have stood by their marketing campaign, you don't want Bud Light either because you don't like what they did to uh, Mulvaney, who had to go all the way to Peru to find some relaxation. So they're trying. They're trying now. They've got a new gimmick that they've come up with a brand new gimmick. I'm going to tell you about that in a second. I don't think this one's going to work either. But they've also got, well, I don't, by the way, a lot of you, I'm curious, let me know what you think. Because a lot of you believe that this is not what we think it is. So Kid Rock, remember Kid Rock, 
who really sort of ignited a lot of the anger himself. It totally went viral on social media when he did this. Let me share with you because it's very fun to watch. <laughs> Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all of you and be as clear and concise as possible. Anheuser Bush. Have a terrific day. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine the surprise. He's there at a concert in Nashville, and he has this what what people are saying is Bud Light in his hand. The question is, is it really a Bud Light? I don't believe he's disputed it. So is that is that? I mean, some people have said maybe it's a Red Bull. Some people have said Molson Coors, Coors Light. Here's another picture. I don't know. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. We're going to figure it out. But any which way you slice it. I mean, even if they paid him, and I don't, I don't think he would do that. I just don't think he would. Um, but who knows? That's a story that somebody put out there on the Daily Mail. DailyMail.com had these pictures. And apparently the pictures were all over Twitter. And I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'd be curious. What do you guys think? Is, is that a Bud Light? I don't drink enough Bud Light to ever know. You know, it's always been a bad beer. Sorry for those that love it. I just never was a fan. Um, and I definitely have a reason now not to drink it. But it, it, all that said, um, they're, they're not going to be able to get there, even if they suddenly paid him a zillion dollars and got him to do the commercials for Bud Light. I don't think they can get there because people feel betrayed, just like they feel betrayed by Fox News, just like they felt betrayed by Target. That's why Target sales were down for the first time in six years, just like they felt betrayed by Disney. I mean, this betrayal is quite real. And so now Bud Light has this grand idea that they're going to just give away football tickets. Football tickets. Oh, yeah, because we're all about beer and sports and football and all those, those fratty guys. We want them back. You're never getting them back, guys. You're never getting them back. You can do all the free football ticket giveaways you want to do. They're like trying to get people to sign up for email, and then they can like market the, the Bud Light to them. They're, they're desperate. I think the only way this is going to turn around, my two cents, is if they sell the brand to someone else. Maybe, maybe back to the Anheuser-Busch Family, Billy Bush, recently saying he would love to buy it back, that his family would know what to do. I'm not so sure, I, but, you know, it's worth a shot, maybe. I mean, this, this is one brand that is just done. This is a brand that is done, and I think the other brand that is slowly dying, it's not done yet, and it will still get decent numbers on tonight, but who really cares? Like, this is a bunch of people that are auditioning for the role of vice president. We know Pence can't get it. We know Nikki Haley might be in the running. I think Carrie Lake is definitely in the running, and she's not on that stage tonight. You, you know, you've got, um, you've got Vivek, who will elevate the conversation and probably be able to talk about things in a more eloquent and meaningful way than the rest of the people up there. And DeSantis, I'm sorry, but, like, that, that, ship, uh, that ship sailed. That ship sailed. People have had it. The brand of Bud Light is challenged like the brand of Fox News, which is really going to be up against it after Tucker stuff comes out. All right, I want to turn to Snow White because, wow, this actress, this actress is like really mean. A whole bunch of tweets have surfaced, and apparently she had a hand, I'm going to show them to you, in getting Gina 
Carano fired from Disney. You, you remember Gina, right? Like she went over to Daily Wire. She's making movies with them now. And she was like a, a really exceptional MMA artist and an actress. And Disney decided she just wasn't woke enough. Here she is. I wouldn't hashtag trans rights and I wouldn't put my pronouns in. Like they kept on it pressuring. And finally, I just said, I'm not, I'm not doing this. She's not doing it. And so, oops, I'm going to show that to you in a second. And so this actress, who's going to be the, the, the big role in Snow White, maybe if she can hang on to it, she, she keeps stepping in it, like one, one, one thing after another. Anyway, she went and spoke on the red carpet and had some rather choice words, you remember? I mean, you know, the, the original cartoon came out in 1937, and very evidently so. <laughs> um, there is a big focus on her love story. Um, with a guy who literally stalks her. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Weird. Super weird. So we didn't do that this time. <laughs> so, no, so no prince or a different kind of prince? We have a different approach to what I'm sure a lot of people will assume is a love story just because, like, we cast a guy in the movie. Right. Andrew Burnap. Great dude. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's one of those things that I think everyone's going to have their assumptions about what it's actually going to be. But uh, it's really not about the love story at all, which is really, really wonderful. And whether or not she finds love along the way is anybody's guess until 2024. Um, all of Andrew's scenes could get cut. Who knows? It's Hollywood, baby. Hmm. You see, because in Hollywood, they don't care about things like women falling in love. You're not supposed to care. You're just supposed to want to grow up to be the president of the United States like Hillary Clinton, I guess. Except for the you know harsh reality that we all wouldn't be here if people didn't fall in love. And you know what? Life would have a whole lot less meaning if people didn't fall in love. Anyway, you saw Gina. She got fired from Disney. And it turns out that this, this Rachel, Rachel Zegler, who's uh, now 22 years old, her big claim to fame was becoming Maria in West Side Story when she was 18. They plucked her out of New Jersey for that one. Anyway, she sent out a whole series of really mean girl tweets. Look at these. Do not make fun of pronouns. They are not a joke. Pronouns are validating. Pronouns are cool. Put your pronouns in your bio. I wear my pronouns on a button sometimes. Whew, good for you. Good for you, Rachel. It's a good thing. Bye. It's a fun time to remind you all to love Pedro Pascal, whatever that is. Anyway, the problem was, you see, Gina decided, Gina decided that um, when they wanted her to put her pronouns up, I think she put beep, boop, and bop. <laughs> and she had some fun with it. And that, like, apparently just sent everybody wild, including this Rachel Zegler, who has been sort of sanctioned, right, by the left as approved. Stamp of approval. Well, you know what? The stamp of approval... For all of this, you know, whether it's Disney, whether it's, you know, putting your right little anchors in place so that they can read the teleprompter with the questions you want them to ask on Fox News, or whether it's Bud Light hiring Dylan, Dylan um, Mulvaney to, to do that commercial, people get it. Like, this is not lost on anyone. Most of all, this guy, I don't know how much I can play of his song because I want you to go and listen to it. Oliver Anthony, I mean, this this song is amazing. It hits on so many themes that are so important right now. Themes that I think will come up in Tucker's interview with Donald Trump in just a short few minutes from now. Rich Men North of Richmond is the name of this song. And it has gotten so many downloads. It has been so successful that it has blown away records, debut records from none other than the Beatles. And Elvis, 
This is how much this is resonating. And I think it's important for all of us to remember that, you know, you sometimes you feel like you don't have a voice. I think he felt a little bit like he didn't have a voice. We'll talk about some of the things that he said in a minute, but, but before I do, please listen to a little bit here of Oliver Anthony's Rich Men North of Richmond. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Living in the new world. Isn't it a damn shame? This is an amazing song. I mean, just an amazing song. It really touches on, I think, exactly what is going on. You've heard me over the years, if you've listened to me, I talk about the hourglass economy, which isn't a perfect analogy, but it gives you a sense of just the squeeze that is going on for America's middle class. America's middle class, which has historically been the lifeblood of our economy, it is the reason we are the success we are. It is those people that are looked down upon. People that are just trying to pay their bills and give their kids a better life, go to work, sometimes three jobs. Those are the people that the left despises now. And that's what's so weird about this new environment, this new world, as he talks about. In my hourglass economy sort of analysis, I, I've said, look, you, you've got this squeeze going on for the middle class. You got a lot on the bottom. And guess what? If you're on the bottom, life is good. Like, th they'll take care of you. They'll take care of you because, you know, you come in across from Mexico and, and you're getting a a new cell phone and, and a hotel room. But if you're here slugging it out, like just trying to pay the bills, good luck. Good luck. You know, they, they got criminals coming into neighborhoods. They got schools that, that stayed closed down for way too long. But you know what? If you were part of the upper echelon, you don't have to worry about those criminals, right? Because you get your driver, you get your gates, you get your fancy alarm. You, you, you don't have to worry about your kids not being educated because you send them to private schools. And if the private schools, you get the Zoom tutors and the whole bit. It's the people that are the lifeblood of this country, the middle class workers that have made us the success we are. They are the ones that are getting so screwed. They are the ones that are getting so badly taxed. Well, Hunter Biden, for God's sakes, Hunter Biden doesn't pay taxes on his millions of dollars of income. And it takes years for the IRS to track him down. And then they try and cover it up with a nifty little plea deal because they don't want Joe Biden to have to get on the stand and testify about what his son may or may not have done. They don't want the emails to come out between what was his name. He had some fancy name that we've discovered and we're going to get those emails from the National Archives. That is what has become of America and what people also don't understand because there's a lot of critics of this musician who, by the way, just said he just he, he, he did it for himself. Like he he had these frustrations and he just needed to write this music 
to feel a little bit better. He's gotten these offers and he got like an $8 million offer from a record company and he didn't want to take it because it's, that's not what it's about. It's about just trying to get the truth out, which is really, really hard to do. Anyway, people like him, they are cutting through. They're cutting through just like Tucker's cutting through. Hopefully I'm cutting through. Gosh, guys, you know what? We just started doing this live show and you've already got me upwards of 100,000 subscribers. So thank you for that. But this is what it takes. It takes passion from individuals and, and all of us collectively together to say, you know what? We're, we're not signing up for this. The critics that are criticizing this song, they're angry. The left, Robert Rice, who used to be the labor secretary under Clinton, he's just livid. He came out with some piece the other day just attacking this and blah, blah, blah. What they don't understand is they have effectively become the man, right? Bernie Sanders, who may have actually once agreed with a lot of the things that Oliver Anthony was saying, he now is part of the system, the extremists on the left, they are the system. They are Hollywood. They are entertainment. They are government. They are Wall Street with the ESG that causes companies like Anheuser-Busch to care more about whether or not they have a woke enough marketing campaign than whether or not they're selling beers. They have taken over the entire system. And as a result, yeah, People are angry, people are upset, and they should be. They have every right to be. And the beauty of this moment in time, I hope, is that Americans will say, you know, we've had enough. We're getting taxed to death. We've got this terrible inflation. You sit there and you try and tell me Binomics is working. Binomics is working when, guess what, uh, I'm paying way more for everything and I'm not making more than I used to make. That's what Americans are saying back to Joe Biden. You can say it as many times as you want. Bidenomics is not working. Not when the real numbers show that inflation for consumer prices happened to be 16% higher than they were when you came to office, buddy. All right. And by the way, if you want to really look at the numbers, what you'd actually see is that the average American, when you look at real wages, saw the biggest increase in real wages they'd ever seen in modern history under the policies, the economic policies of the previous president. Interesting, hmm? I mean, it stopped in 2020 because everything stopped. That was pretty sad to see. Everything stopped at that time. But tonight is going to be a test. Tonight it is the establishment versus the upstarts. The upstarts that have a lot of passion and care a lot about the future of this country. Questions I'd be asking both Donald Trump and all those people on stage tonight is how are you going to fix the economic future of this country? How are you going to ensure that life is better in the future? How are you going to deal with inflation? How are you going to deal with the pain of dealing with inflation how are you going to make sure that kids have a safe street to walk to school and home from school on? How are you going to make sure that they have the school that they need to be able to succeed? I mean, we've got a whole generation, guys, that have been left behind, that missed a year and then some, especially in poorer communities and urban communities, all run by Democrats. How are you going to, how are you going to make things up for them? How are we going to ensure that we, we actually focus 
on being a meritocracy as opposed to a handout society that just because of the color of your skin or your zip code, you get handed whatever the establishment, the guy, the man, the man, you know, this is what they used to hate, right? They, they didn't like the establishment, the men, the Wall Street. They, they are Wall Street. They are Hollywood. They are, um, they are politics. They are everything. They are the media. So they're controlling everything. And guys like Oliver Anthony, and hopefully you and me and everybody else you know, which is why you should subscribe and like it and share it, please, this podcast. Hopefully everyone you know gets on board and says, okay, enough is enough. Enough is enough because we as a country need to think about our success and our future here in America. I don't dispute that we enjoy a lot of success because we are the hegemonic power of the world, right? We just are, and and we've been the world's policeman for so long, but that's got to change in different ways. We can do that in smarter ways. We can do that in ways that hopefully don't lose as many lives and spend as much money. We can do that so much more strategically. But why do it strategically when everybody's getting a cut? I mean, for goodness sakes, over in Ukraine, they had to get rid of the defense minister and his deputy because they were skimming something off the top. And the idea that we're somehow going to be okay with it, the Wall Street Journal had a piece, in fact, today, owned by the guy who owns Fox News, who's running the debate tonight. The Wall Street Journal had a piece where they explained that this was sort of normal course of action. This was just the cost of doing business. In other words, companies like Burisma over there in Ukraine often will hire, they said, relatives of presidents so that they can kind of be, quote unquote, protected. Are you kidding me? Like, we're okay with that? I showed you a story the other day from about a year, well, two years ago, actually, more than that, 2019, where they were trying to make excuses for Joe Biden and anything he was doing in Ukraine way back then. LA Times and the New York Times were both saying exactly, you know, this is just, this is, this is what they do. How is that okay? How is that okay that that's what they do? And don't tell me that like it's different with Trump's kids or what, I mean, it is different with Trump's kids. Don't tell me it's the same with Trump kids because they actually had a real business. And, you know, maybe, maybe Ivanka's husband got a little bit of a boost because he was able to to have some relationships in Saudi Arabia. But honestly, like that was his business. The Kushners were doing international real estate long before Donald Trump was president. And there was an actual business there where Hunter Biden had no business, okay? Like, let's be very, very clear. You don't get paid $83,000 a month to sit on the board of a company whose industry you know absolutely nothing about. Like, that's just not, that's not done. You don't make $83,000 a year on a board job. This is unheard of stuff. So consequently, we need to be asking the right questions. Word today that the House will subpoena additional folks from the FBI and the IRS to get more information about what may have actually gone down there with Ukraine, Romania, and China. There's a real story in there. And I realize that the leftist media was so fond of reporting on that dossier back in the day, which I, I took one look at. I kid you not. I was like, well, this is junk. This is clearly written for the likes of the National Enquirer. I mean, this is not intelligence. This is not an intelligence report. Like, what the heck is it? It it was opposition research. Hello. 
And it was written for like a second grader, except a second grader wouldn't be reading stuff like that. It was so outrageous and over the top. And sure enough, what was it? Opposition research. And yet journalists fell for it. And they helped divide our country. And that division is exactly what our enemies want. And we're now in this divided state where one group is trying to completely, totally shut down the other. Where if you don't agree with their way of doing things, guess what? You got a good shot of going to jail, despite the fact that, again, in August 2020, Hillary Clinton, this is a couple months before the election, folks, she went out there and said this, never forget it. I think this is going to drag out, and eventually I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch. Oh, you don't give an inch, do you say? So in other words, go looking for the votes? Wait, so you don't want to give an inch. Isn't that, isn't that what Trump didn't do? He didn't, he didn't give an inch? I mean, let's just be very clear. I think somebody started this. Did they not? Hillary Clinton started this with that kind of asinine comment. Let's not forget what the likes of poor Jimmy Carter, who, you know, is, is, is struggling with some health issues, and, and I'm very sorry for that, but do not forget what he said while Donald Trump was president. There's no doubt that the Russians did interfere in the election, and I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election, and he was put into office because the Russians interfered on his behalf. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? <laughs> Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. <laughs> oh, yeah, funny. Funny, funny stuff. Funny stuff, except that you just said that you're not going to honor the president of the United States. You believe he's illegitimate, that, that the Russians stole the election. I- I'm sorry, but like, look, look, look who started this, okay? Look who started this, ladies and gentlemen. So tonight, yes, you're going to have some people on stage there on Fox News who will be asked some questions. Those questions have been highly choreographed all in advance. Those questions have been thought through over and over and over again. The executives there at Fox News are in a total panic because they do not have the guy who is the leading contender to be the nominee for president. He will not be on stage tonight. So what do they do? They're talking about, well, they're going to play some sound of him. So they're going to run some old sound and have everybody react to that. I guess so everybody can just pile on and pile on and say, oh, you don't want Donald Trump as president. I have a feeling that the more they do that, the more people will dig in. Not to mention that this is all coming on the eve of tomorrow's mugshot down in Fulton County, Georgia. How exciting. Do you realize the level to which we have stooped? Do you realize where we are heading? Do you realize what they are trying to do to this country? Look, I, 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 I'm pretty simple. I want some really good tax policy. I want some really good foreign policy. I want to make sure that our streets are safe and secure so that, you know what, we can live our lives. And we as individuals have an opportunity to prosper. How can you prosper when, guess what, you try and go to your local Target 
I'm not even getting into the cultural stuff and their, their, you know, rainbow onesies. When you go to your local Target and guess what? There's like a, a mob that comes in and robs them or your local Nordstrom's. All these companies pulling out of the likes of San Francisco because they can't deal with theft because nobody is actually policing the streets. What has happened? What has happened to America? I think we know. I think we know, and I think we know it's not a good thing, and I think we know it's time to stand up and do something about it. Anyway, like I said, what are you going to be watching tonight? I'm curious if you would let me know in the comments what you're going to be watching. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little preview right now of what I'm watching, if I can figure out how to do this. I think I just might be able to. There we go. Okay, so tonight, in just about a minute, you're going to see right here Tucker Carlson, um, who is going to be interviewing the president of the United States of America, the former president of the United States. And I suspect this is going to be pretty darn interesting. Um, This might be, okay, so this is, shall we say, this is Tucker's original page. Let's make sure we have the right Tucker. Okay, I'm going to go over here to there we go. Okay, you got to get Maine in the picture. So he's in just a short amount of time here, everyone, going to be interviewing, as I said, Donald Trump. We have seen the previews. They look pretty interesting. And I think that this is going to be the showdown that, uh, well, one group is, is really going to win here. And it, it could just be a function of the reality of having that larger audience space, right? Because when you are on Twitter or X, forgive me, X, the company formerly known as Twitter, or you're on YouTube, or you're on Facebook. These are the platforms where the content is shared. These are the platforms where individuals can actually participate. And that's kind of a big deal because don't you as an individual want to have something to say? As I look at all of your comments here, Deborah, Kathy, Morta, I see so many new names. This is great. You know, I don't usually go live at this time, so maybe that has something to do with it. I hope you guys are subscribing. That is wonderful to see you all. Daryl, good to see you again. David, Leroy, all of you. John, this is, I think, truly the future of the country. So uh, I, I'm going to be over here. I'm going to watch that. I will also watch Fox, so you don't have to now. It's, it's interesting to see what they say. And we're, we're going to have some clips and we're going to have some reaction tomorrow because uh, this, is, this is an important time. There's a lot at stake and I know you care. Again, a quick shout out to our wonderful sponsor, one 5890560 That, of course, is our friend over at Legacy Precious Metals, LegacyPMInvestments.com. I encourage you to go there. I am posting the interview from Charles Thorngrid so you can listen to the whole thing. It's about 40 minutes. He's got a lot of concerns about the economy. I think he likes this Oliver Anthony uh, song as well, because there are some themes there that aren't going away and y'all need out you need to look out for yourself. I, I think that's pretty important. Okay. So uh, over to Twitter, here we go. And this is, uh, as I said, this is where we are going to be seeing, oops, this is where we're going to be seeing. Um, <laughs> this is where we should be seeing Tucker, I, I'll play the very beginning, I think, for you here, if, if we can get it up. Otherwise, I'm going to have to trust that you do it. It's possible, guys. You know what? It's totally possible that they might have some streaming issues. I'm just going to check with some sources on that. Because remember when, do you remember when DeSantis tried to go live on Tucker? It was actually, it is not on Tucker, on a, with, with, with Elon Musk, and they were doing this like chat thing, and it was in the spaces format. And they had all kinds of problems. 
they had all kinds of problems. Um, I'm just asking some 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 people in the know. Is the feed up? I'm just curious because uh, it, it it was really kind of off to a rough start initially, just because the traffic was so incredibly intense. And so the question becomes, what are we going to see right here, right now? Is this actually going to pop up? Yep. Okay. Here we go. So. Shouldn't even be running for president. Should I be doing that? Uh, and a network that isn't particularly friendly to me, frankly. You know, they uh, they were backing Ron DeSanctimonious like crazy, and now they've given up on him. I mean, he's it's a lost cause. Okay. Well, you're just going to have to go to Twitter (laughs) to watch it. And I will be here with you tomorrow, and we will dissect all of that, plus the Fox News thing, plus the big, oh gosh, the big uh, picture, the mugshot. Wow. All right. Well, lots going on, everybody. Thank you for being here, as always. Don't forget to subscribe. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great night.